0: Well, the other night, I called my grandpa. I asked him how he was doing. He said, Jeremy, I'm doing just fine. Did I ever tell you about the time I joined the Navy? I said, no, you never did. He says, well, I got on this ship, and I was met by the recruit. And he showed me the mess hall, the engine rooms, the sleeping quarters. He showed me the whole entire thing. And I said, well, how long are we going to be out on these waters? He told me, probably three, four months at a time. I said, three, four months? How do we release our sexual tension? He says, all right, I got you. So he brought me back to this room where there was this big wooden barrel with a little hole in it. And he said, I'm gonna give you 15 minutes in here and I can guarantee you it's the best you ever had. So I went and did my thing and I came out and said, oh boy, that was amazing.
1: I said,
2: I could do that every
1: single
0: day. You know what he said, Jeremy? I said, oh grandpa, what did he say? He said, I could do it every single day, but Thursday. And I said, why Thursday? He said, because that's your day in the barrel.
1: I am unsure which pain is worse. The shock of what happened nor the ache
0: for whatever will. Today's what of the day is?
2: Bark date.
0: Definition full from overeating.
2: 95% of our decisions are made by how you feel in the moment and that is the problem. Do you feel like getting up? No. Do you feel like making that cold call? No, you don't. Do you feel like doing that third set of reps? No, you don't. We make decisions based on our feelings, and that is robbing you of joy and opportunity.
3: I will my way to the top. Some of you got that same fight in you, but you fight people. You're still cussing folk out. You're still laying hands on people. That's the easy fight. Now fight your bad habits. Fight your addictions now. Fight your laziness. Fight your procrastination. Take that energy now and fight to get a degree. Fight to start a company. Fight. Most of y'all where y'all are, because you never take ownership. It's always somebody else's problem. It's always somebody else's fault why you didn't do what you were supposed to do. It's not their fault. Take ownership. Take the parts that belong to you. Why? Because I'm the one that's messing up opportunities. I'm the one that keeps repeating my past. And you need to free yourself up and start doing something new. But you can't do new until you get rid of that old. Cut it off, cut it off, cut it off Do what you're supposed to do, you ain't no boy no more Understand every time you point the finger That what you say saying to your dreams and goals is I'm about to put you on hold You gotta take ownership I take full responsibility And I'll do whatever it takes I take ownership, I'll get up, I'll stay late And that's why you point the finger Because you don't like how the pain feels That's why you say he did it and she did it that's why you give the power away because it hurt too bad to say I did it, I take ownership it was my fault that's why you point the finger you ain't ready for the pain you grow you got ideas you got talent you got gifts stop shrinking down stop minimizing yourself take the risk on you take the risk on you you owe you and there's some of you know what you want but you are not personally willing to do the work it takes to get it what you're trying to do is do what you've done on this level and get the next level you like i'm getting up every day i'm lifting weights i'm eating right and i'm not getting the opportunity it might require getting up and working out three and a half it might require you saying no to your friends it might require you changing your diet it might require you moving the city. Whatever it takes, you got to be willing to do it, and you keep saying you're not there because of something else, because it's easier to blame somebody else. I have to take complete ownership internally, I have to look at all the things that I didn't have control over, and say, I got to take control. Everybody want to be a business, everybody want to six back, nobody tell you the pain and come with it. You put in work, and just because you can't see the results, you want to quit or give up. I never quit, I never give up, I never give in just kept grinding. If you keep going, you're gonna break through. The only people that don't break through are the people who scoreboard watching. When you go out there, I need you to have that dog. When you get out there, I need you killed or be killed when you get out there. We ain't playing no more. We ain't taking no prisoners no more. When you get out there, whatever you can get, go get it. Because they gonna get it before you get it. And they ain't gonna give it to you. So you go out there and get what's yours. Room, you take care of dog on every single thing. I don't care where you come from. I don't care what your background is. Don't let nobody fool you. If you're willing to grind on Monday, if you're willing to grind on Tuesday, they can't stop you. I don't have to accept the life that was given to me. I can create my own reality.
2: A big night for GOP presidential candidates
4: making their very best appeals to Iowa caucus
5: voters
2: guilty plea in fully autonomous car crash. She told police
5: the woman came out of nowhere.
2: Charges filed in Alabama kidnapping hoax.
5: Her decisions that night created panic and alarm for the citizens of our city.
2: This is the CBS World News Roundup Late Edition. I'm Jennifer Kuiper in Chicago. The Republican contenders for the party's 2024 presidential nomination are all expected to speak at tonight's annual Lincoln dinner in Des Moines, Iowa. CBS's Major Garrett. This is
5: the first time that
4: Donald Trump and Ron DeSantis and others, but those are the two who are really trying to fight it out in Iowa, will be on the same stage on the same night making their very best appeals to Iowa caucus voters and state media and the national media that will be covering not only the words, the atmospherics, the tempo, the temperament of the supporters, the applause, everything around that will be remembered for weeks, if not months, after tonight's event.
2: The backup driver in the first death involving a fully autonomous vehicle pleads guilty to endangerment. CBS's Christopher Cruz. Police
5: say Rafaela Vasquez was streaming a TV show on her phone in the moments before Uber's Volvo SUV hit and killed 49-year-old Elaine Hertzberg. It happened as Hertzberg crossed a darkened street with her bicycle in suburban Phoenix in March 2018 outside of a sidewalk. Today, as part of a plea agreement, a county judge sentenced Vasquez to three years of supervised
2: In St. Louis, it felt like 108 degrees today, and the heat and humidity mix made it feel like 102 in Philadelphia. Almost two-thirds of the country is under a heat advisory or a flood warning. In Minneapolis, Tony Miller's library is a cooling center. We are seeing quite a bit of an uptick for folks coming in. CDS is Michael George in New York City. The East Coast isn't expecting relief until Sunday. New York City officials are urging residents to conserve energy by keeping that thermostat at 78 degrees and not to open the fire hydrants. Soldiers in Niger have declared a general as head of state after he led a coup and detained President Mohamed Bazoum. CBS's Bo Erickson with U.S. reaction. The White House says as of now, there are no changes to U.S. troop levels in Niger, where more than 1,000 U.S. soldiers are training Nigerians to fight against Islamist terrorists in West Africa. Charges of false reporting are filed against an Alabama woman who says she lied about being kidnapped while trying to help a child on the side of a road. Hoover Police Chief Nick Dursis. I know many
5: are shocked and appalled that Miss Russell is only being charged with two misdemeanors. Despite all the panic and disruption
1: her actions caused. Let me assure you, I too share the same frustration.
2: On Wall Street, the Dow jumped 177 points. The Nasdaq surged 267.
0: The following program can be heard across platforms such as Amazon Music, Audible, Spotify, Apple, and Google Podcasts. And with that being said, the Ace of Alone show starts right now.
3: I've ever taken in the wrong direction. Help me get to where I am today and led to monumental moments in my life that I would not have got.
5: Welcome to Championship Sports. By uh, now, all of you have heard about the tragic and untimely death of Bruiser Brody. Very disappointing to 12- all.
2: A
6: wrestler prior to a bout in Puerto Rico. His menacing looks gave him the reputation of a madman
2: inside the ring. But a long time wrestling promoter and others remember a very different man.
7: If you could picture a man coming to the ring, six 6'7, six, six 350 some pound, he looked like danger coming. It was the kind of danger you were
0: drawn to. People would actually run from him. they just all run and scatter. He had a chain. He'd sometimes hit people with it. He was just a wild
4: fucking guy. Bruiser Brody's larger-than-life presence and in-ring brutality delivered an undeniable authenticity to professional wrestling.
7: Brody coming down the aisle is like a tornado coming to your house, but you still want to see it. He'd beat you up with
1: two-by-fours, chairs, anything he could get his hands on. Bruiser Brody was insane. Come for On July 16th,
4: 1988, this insanity bled out of the ring into real life when Bruiser Brody was violently killed in a locker room moments before the opening bell. In the world of professional wrestling, it is still the only sport where its characters live in two worlds, where fantasy bleeds out into reality. Hi, I'm Mick Foley. In my career, there was one man more than any other I wish I could have had the opportunity to step into the ring with. That person was Bruiser Brody. The day that I got my hands on an old VHS tape with vintage Brody matches was the day that everything changed for me. I wanted to be the next Bruiser Brody. The stories I've heard surrounding Brody's death have always troubled me. After 30 years, we tracked down three wrestlers willing to tell their version of what happened that night and to chronicle the life and death of
7: one of wrestling's greatest outlaws. Just in case you don't know who I am, I'm Tony, Mr. USA Atlas. Crawled at the shoulder, narrowly at to the hip. Tower of power, too sweet to be sour. One of the last people to see Bruiser Brody alive
4: was Mr. USA Tony Atlas, a former bodybuilder turned wrestler and a current WWE Hall of Famer.
0: Okay, stand up, take clothesline over the top. Cameraman, watch out. The shittiest finish I've ever seen.
4: Dirty Dutch Mantel is one of the business's most infamous villains in front of the camera.
0: Has the taste returned to your mouth after I slapped it out just a few seconds ago?
4: And one of wrestling's greatest minds behind the scenes.
0: In your experience, did you ever work with Brody? I never did. I never I never had a match with Brody. why that? Well, he beat the shit out of you. And then there's the madman from the
4: Sudan, Abdullah the Butcher. Abdullah was also Bruiser Brody's greatest in-ring nemesis. There. And you
0: know, this is a very graphic display of exactly what the world of professional wrestling is all about—the dark side, so to
1: speak. I've been in the business for 53 years. What else can I say? My name is Abdullah the Butcher, right? I'm not a wrestler. I don't grab holds. I use karate. I use jujitsu, okay? I'm not a wrestler. I can beat you up any time that I wanna beat you up. You understand? And the guy behind the camera, give me the fork so I can stab it all in his head. Then you'll know. Let me tell you something. Don't you ever say that me and Brody was fake. We are not fakes. We kept bringing them back and back, and the people would say, when I seen that match, that was no bullshit.
0: What would a match resemble between Abdullah and uh, Bruiser Brody? A bloodbath, every night. We were like killers, We kept pounding. When you
7: get Abdullah Butcher and Bruiser Brody in the ring, gonna be a lot of blood. Because Abdullah had
0: his fork, and they did it every night. It was just a formula. Boy, oh, I love the fork. I could stab him in the head, stick it into the mouth. Do everything. Probably 85% of the match was outside the ring. He struck fear in the hearts of fans. When he went down to the ring, people moved out of the way. That's an art. The reputation of the
7: business was he was a main eventer. He could make you a lot of money. So that's why he was so popular, that's why so many promoters wanted him, because he could put asses in the seat.
0: He was a superstar, and uh, at the time he was one of the biggest stars in the, the late 70s, early 80s. One of the biggest stars in the world. Bruiser Brody, he was a legend. He was a legend back before he died.
6: Oh, my gosh.
8: Oh, my God. Well, every time I come out here, I find something new.
6: Look at this, another
8: one. Some sentimental stuff associated with it. There's a lot of it, though.
6: Well, here's a whole pile of photographs in here. I mean, take a look at that. Oh, boy. I first met Frank in Australia in the hotel that I was working in. I had no idea of his character because I only saw Frank Goodish. I never saw Bruiser Brody. Frank was very quiet, very intelligent, even back in those days, just like a regular person. So he never lost sight of who he was. He didn't become the character he created.
5: That's his, that's that's football, huh? In my own case, uh, I spent three years with the Washington Redskins. In 1969, 70, and 71, I was an all-American high school football player. I went to school on an athletic scholarship.
6: We're uh,
5: we're rolling for this, huh? Yeah, we've been rolling. Okay, good. Oh, okay. I'm sorry. Um, uh, I won't. Uh, I don't think you said anything there. It's. Um. Yeah, I did. did? Yeah. All right. I don't think it's good that anybody knows that I'm Frank. Good all right, don't, I don't okay. have.
6: Frank was kind of a little bit of a renegade. We were together for a long time, and he just came up with this idea, why don't we stop off in Vegas and get married? He said, I'm gonna tell you now, it is not gonna be an easy life. Out of a year, he maybe would only be home three months of that year. It was a challenge, but you do it. When Jeff was born, he changed so much, cause then he wanted to do for his family and he wanted to provide for his son. So it changed him, even made him softer than who he really was. When he was around his son, they had a really good relationship.
8: I do believe I've subconsciously possibly blocked a lot of things out, unfortunately. So a lot of stories I hear are stories that other people tell me about my dad. At the same time, it's hard to hear these stories because they're stories that people are telling me and I don't have a lot of stories of my own to tell.
6: It was like this character that he created that it was separate from the person I knew. I would take him to the airport and he would just be dad, husband, get out of the car, had his hair pulled back, walk through those doors, take his hair down. He became Bruiser Brody on the other side and I could actually see the whole transformation take place.
4: In July, 1988, Frank departed for a booking in Puerto Rico an isolated wrestling territory notorious for its wild blood feuds and the zealousness of its fans.
0: It was, it was Blood City. It was blood all the time. Big shows, you'd have three or four matches blooded. blood in them. Because remember, I told you, people believed. And they believed when you saw blood that it was serious.
3: Ricky Rodriguez wants to stop him. Look, the blood is just coming up.
1: The
0: people are
1: violent
7: people. They wanted violence people throw rocks at you they throw piss on you they throw urine on you they throw feces on you they stone me they used to take
1: cups put glass or stones and throw them at me they want to see somebody get hurt they want some see somebody get carried out on a stretcher every place you go they love violence
8: Some weekly planners, 1987, 1988. Just his daily activities, it appears. His workout, workout schedule and regimen and where he's traveling to. Um, San Juan, Puerto Rico, of all places. Yeah, I believe it was the, uh, the 16th or the 17th that, uh, that that happened, unfortunately. In July 1988, Frank
4: Goodish left his family in Texas and entered one of the most violent wrestling territories in the world. His family could not have imagined that this would be the last time that they would see him alive. In the summer of 1988, Bruiser Brody left his family in Texas and entered one of the most violent wrestling territories in the world. It wasn't only his Puerto Rican fans who were waiting for his return, but some unresolved business and a bitter, long-standing grudge. The World Wrestling Council is Puerto Rico's main wrestling promotion, which was established by wrestlers Gorilla Monsoon, Victor Jovica, and Carlos Colon.
3: Carlos Colon! Carlos
0: Colon! Carlos Colon was the boss. He's also a WWE Hall of Famer now. He was probably as big a star as Roberto Clemente.
4: Carlos Colon's right-hand man was Jose Juertes Gonzalez, a local wrestler celebrated in the ring as invader number one. Gonzalez also acted as the company's booker, the person in charge of the creative direction and outcomes of wrestling shows. Frank understood the value of his character consistently appearing as an unbeatable monster to fans as a way to keep them coming back for more. He took this aggression to a new level when he wrestled a young Jose Gonzalez when Gonzalez was hoping to make a big impression in the
0: WWF. Brody and Invader, they didn't really care for each other. Their personalities did not mesh. Even their matches, you could tell there was something not quite right with them. He was a pretty decent
7: guy, if he liked you. If he didn't like you, he would beat the living crap out of you. But I just seen Brody take people in the ring many a time
0: And just beat them unmercifully He would just beat them to death Well I've tried to piece it together over the years What brought this on Let's go back in the past In the mid 70s They were grooming I heard Jose Gonzalez to be like the next Puerto Rican star Bruiser Brody came in And had a match with Jose Gonzalez And just beat the shit out of him He ate him up I mean the whole face was swollen The head was
7: swollen up Just like a pumpkin Brody beat him so bad that S.D. had to take him to the hospital. S.D. special delivery Jones, he was a wrestler. We put him in the car and S.D. took him to the hospital. And he turned to S.D. Jones and said, one day I'm going to kill that man. He was angry. I mean, his head looked like a pumpkin,
0: brother. Bruiser Brody was worried about one image and that was Bruiser Brody. Once the people see you get beat once or twice, that brand and he knows this. The brand becomes kind of violated and he, he didn't want that to happen and that's why, he, that's why he acted the way he did. I don't know about the other
5: professional wrestlers. I only know about Bruiser Brody. And when I go in the ring, it doesn't matter whether I'm in Texas or New York, or it doesn't matter whether people like me or dislike me, I'm gonna be just as aggressive every night.
0: But I also heard that Brody was making huge money in Japan. And he had wanted to invest in a wrestling uh, promotion somewhere. And he had Puerto Rico in mind. And there was an owner, a part owner, a minority owner, named Victor Quinones, who had 10% or something. But a lot of it was owned by Gorilla Monsoon. And I think Victor Quinones was brokering a deal between Monsoon to sell his shares to Brody, which would have made Brody probably a minority owner
7: i think he bought part of that company they wanted his money but they didn't want his ideas
0: and brody ain't that type of guy brody uh, had his opinions if you didn't like them, too bad
4: can you tell us your name
0: uh david manning uh i was the
5: booker for uh, world-class championship wrestling i was a little worried because frank was going to puerto rico to wrestle frank said they owed him about around twenty, twenty-five thousand dollars,
0: and he had asked for the money politely he had been waiting for the money he told me before he left remember I said this I'm coming back with my money and he said if I have to beat every one of them up I'm getting my money Brody had mentioned to people that and if he took over he was going to get rid of Jose and also Jose Gonzalez had just lost his three-year-old daughter she died in a swimming pool accident she drowned about three months earlier now his job is being threatened he doesn't like Brody in the first place so you add all those ingredients, it's like fire and gasoline. And an explosion was going to
7: happen, and it did. Uh, can I please tell the story? I beg you, cause I want to tell it. Okay. I want to tell the story. I, I, I see. Okay. 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 Yeah, yeah, yeah,
8: yeah. Because
7: I've right. be, for two days. I've been talking about everything but Brody, and I want to tell this story so bad. I'm ready to explode. I've been carrying this story around in my chest for how many years now? This is how me and Brody started our day. Yeah? Yeah, yeah. we were working out in the gym that morning. The same routine we did, you know, in this last day here on Earth. So I go to the gym every morning anyway. And so me and him, we worked out together. And he said, hey, Tony, want to go get something to eat? So I said, oh, sure, I got to go get something to eat. And then he turned to me at breakfast and he said, I waited a long time to get in down here so I just got the impression that maybe just maybe that he bought in the company and he said you are going to see a lot of changes I uh, was at the hotel and Bruiser Brody and Dutch Mantel was sitting on the steps outside in the front of the building and I said Brody I figured you'd be gone by now he said I'm waiting on Jose Gonzalez. He's supposed to pick me up. And I, right then, I said, well, "That unusual. Why would Jose, the booker, leave his main event?
0: And I said, you could ride with us if you like. So we went to the show, and traffic was horrible leading into the stadium because cars were lined up, so you know it was gonna be a sellout. And we hopped out and we took our bags to where the dressing rooms were, Now looking back on it it was kind of
7: strange because when I walked in I remember I got a strange feeling but Jose was sitting there I said he's here as soon as I come to the door I saw the three of them sitting there talking Jose, Carlos Colon and and Victor
0: they were sitting in the football hut yeah it kind of seemed a little strange because I've never really seen them together like that and it didn't look like they were in conversation they were just sitting there which was even more strange Gonzalez gets up from his seat looked me straight in the face
7: and left never looked at Brody, never looked at Dutch
0: and he walked out of the dressing room and Brody sat down right beside me and I sat there maybe five minutes and that feeling of tension it just got stronger so I said I gotta get out of here I gotta move, I gotta somethings. Maybe if I move around, it'll go away. So I get up and walk out, I go and I sit in the, the dugout and I'm watching the crowd come in. So I had my art pad, I set my bag down, I set my chair and I started sketching.
7: Brody came over and he looked at it. He said, that is freaking fantastic. He get all excited, big is on his face and everything. And he said, I wonder if you could do one for me. So he opened up his little pouch reach in and put out a picture of his son. Jose came back into the dressing room. I looked up and Jose was standing there. And he had a towel over his hand. Oh, Brody, can I talk to you for a minute, please? Just like that.
0: Can I talk to you for a minute, please? And Brody said, yeah. And he walked in there. And that's where it happened. It's not unusual
4: to discuss match plans privately But on this evening, the conversation between Brody and Gonzalez would descend into an unthinkable nightmare. In Puerto Rico, before his match, Bruiser Brody is summoned to a private meeting with talent booker Jose Gonzalez. There was a history of bad blood between Brody and Gonzalez, and wrestler Tony Atlas was witness to the growing tension.
7: He had a bag in his hand. The picture of his uh, son in this hand. And when he turned away with the picture, that's what I noticed Carlos staring at me. As I'm looking at Carlos, I hear this sound. So I looked up, Brody was halfway hunched over. I thought Jose punched him in the stomach. That's what I thought. That the first thought came to me, damn, he hit Brody. I said, oh, this is going to be a fight. So then he hollered again. Uh, i looked at jose's face and his eyes was blood shot red then i saw the knife the knife went in the air like this with blood dripping off of it i sprung up out of my chair wrapped my arm around Brody's waist just like this i yanked him back just in the nick of time to keep from his throat getting cut and because i pulled him back the knife came out and cut his ponytail off that's how sharp that knife was. Carlos shoot right by me. And he grabbed Jose and pushed him up against the wall and said, No, Jose, no, Jose. And Carlos was keeping people away from Jose, telling the of Y'all stay back, stay back. So I take Brody and I take him and I lay him down on the ground. I felt his intestines and blood all over this arm here. This whole arm was drenched in blood. And he looked up at me. He said, Brother, don't let him hurt me no more please brother don't let them hurt me no more he said don't let them not him them that's why i didn't know who the hell he was talking about who else is involved in this i'm thinking i said ain't no fucking body gonna do anything to you carlos tried to approach brody after i laid him down I told Carlo, I said, don't bring your ass over here. I will knock your motherfucker head right off the shoulder. He said, Tony, calm down. I said, fuck, calm me down. I said, y'all just stabbed your guy. I had nothing to do with it. I said, you're a goddamn lie. I said, y'all work together. So then Brody
0: tugged at my leg. And he said, let him over. So as I make my way back through the tunnel, I could hear the noise. And it was kind of dark in there, but I could see the lights in the, in the dressing room. Something was going on. And that's when I asked Mark Youngblood what happened. He said, invader, invader, stab Brody. The dressing room is in a panic. And I see Brody laying, laying in front of me. And Carlos is leaning over him, talking to him. He said, Brody, is
7: there anything I could do for you? That's what Carlo asked Brody. Brody said, just take care
0: of my family. And I don't know what Carlos was saying, but I'm sure he's saying, hang on there, man. We're gonna get you help, we're gonna get you help. But I do remember Brody looking up at Carlos, and telling Carlos, tell my wife I love her. That's the only thing I heard him say. So that right there tells me that he doesn't have a lot of faith in his own survival. The shower had a door on it that wasn't clear. It was translucent, that you could see light behind it and figures. Vader never came out of that shower. He never came out. And he was in there with Jovica, who was part owner of the company, and they were screaming at each other nothing I could really do just watch he walked out of the shower walked around Brody's feet went to his bag got his keys and he left and his shirt they said was torn which tells me that whatever happened in that shower that it was a physical confrontation with Brody ripping the shirt it took at least 35 to 45 minutes
7: for the ambulance to get there. They tried to put Brody on the girder. They couldn't lift him. Brody about 300 some pounds, he was too heavy. So I got down in the squat position, squatted all the way down, and slid my arm underneath him. And he looked up at me and said, don't you drop me. And I said, don't worry, brother. I curl more than what you weigh. So I pulled him gently and laid him on the girdle. The old man walked back to the back of the ambulance to shut and lock the door. He said, before I shut the door, is there anybody here that wanna go with him to keep his company? So I said, I go, and I jumped and got on the ambulance, and I remember guys looking at me like, what in the fuck is wrong with Tony? He should stay out of this. You could almost feel they thinking this. Nobody was saying nothing, but you could almost feel they were thinking what is
0: wrong with him. Like I've said before, I'm not a religious person, never have been probably never will be. But I did go and say a lot of prayer for Brody, for whatever worth it could be. If it could help him find. It couldn't hurt. If we were sitting in the
7: ambulance, Brody was laying there, and I started crying again. I mean, I couldn't hold back the tears. And I, and I sung this song, If heaven ain't a lot like Dixie, I don't wanna go. My voice got choked up, everything got choked up. I just told him, I said, You're going to be all right, brother. I said, I said I'm, I'm going to stay with you, man. I said, I'm, I'm with you, man. I'm with you. There's an old saying in professional wrestling
4: consider yourself lucky if you make it out with one true friend. On this night, Brody had that true friend in Tony Atlas. But he would need more than that to make it out alive. Tony Atlas finally made it to the hospital with Bruiser Brody in critical condition, although Atlas's struggle
7: to save Brody's life was far from over. We get to the hospital, and he lay there for probably about 15 or 20 minutes. I got freaking tired of waiting on the doctor. So I finally got one doctor that spoke a little bit of English, and I said, I've been telling people my, my friend been stabbed. How come nobody's going to see him? He told me, he said, a stab in here is like a cold in the U.S. There's no big deal. He said, well, I would get to him when I can and turn to walk away from him. I grabbed him around the waist, yanked him up all the way up on my shoulder just like this. And I carried him in to Brody. So finally, he looked at Brody. He lifted Brody's hand up and was like this the whole time. Just like this. At the same time he lifted his hand up, I remember I was taking his shoes off. When I saw his feet, and it was blue. Oh, no, 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 no. Because I knew this is real bad. So I said, doctor, please get him in now, now. You got to go now. You got. He, just, he, he started calling on people. Come on, come on. We need some help here. We need some help here. I got so freaking mad when I saw that and I punched the wall. I burned my fist probably about up to my elbow in that wall. That's how hard I hit that wall. While chaos and confusion erupted at the scene of Bruiser Brody's
4: stabbing, rumors began to fly and word reached across the stadium to Abdullah
1: the Butcher in a second dressing room. The doctor came and says, uh, Brody was cut or stabbed or whatever. I said, come on. You know, I thought it was a joke. In my opinion, I thought it was working an angle. But when the doctor told me, then I says, holy shit. Because the doctor wouldn't
0: be lying. That was it. Brody was... He'd already been taken out, but the police walked in and thinking, "Well, it's just another crazy, wild wrestling brawl." They didn't think it was real. I was, I was banging on the operating room door, talking about what the fuck is going on in there, what's going on in there,
7: and the doctor came out and he said, "Tony, he had two eight-inch cuts." He said, "We got his intestines back together." He said, "The only problem we have in that." is that his liver was sliced he told me we was gonna be okay he said he's stable he said but what you need to do you need to go home because everybody in here is more afraid of you
0: i wanted to be as far away from that fucking dressing room as i could be then i saw invader walk in but he had on a different shirt he continued business like nothing had happened i don't know why he came back i really don't i'm thinking man what fucking balls this guy's got the thing that was so horrible
7: was when i got back to the dressing room it was more horrible than the stabbing it was more horrible than him laying on that table the most horrible thing that happened on that night was going back to that dressing room and hearing laughter first i couldn't believe they didn't cancel the show that was the first thing and opening up the door and the blood on the floor ain't even dry yet and they in the dress room laughing and joking and each other on the back talking about how great the matches were and what a wonderful show it is i took the freaking chair and i threw it across the damn hallway it was a policeman that said, hey, 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 calm down, calm, calm down. He said, he said, did you see what happened? I said, hell yeah, I saw what happened. He said, did you get a look? Did you get a look at the fan that stabbed him? I said, what were you told? He said, everybody in here said that Brody was stabbed before he got in the dress room that a wrestling fan stabbed him in the hallway. And he stumbled into the dress room. I said, that's a damn lie. I said, that's some of the bitch sitting right there is the one that's, that stabbed him. He said, you mean Vader? I said, yes, I mean Vader. That sucker right there, that's who stabbed Bruce. Boyd. I said, ask everybody in dressing room. He said, they all tell different story. I said, oh,
0: they are all fucking liar. I said, he the some of the bitch that stabbed him. He was telling the cops, hey, hey. That's the guy you need to fucking arrest right there. He pointed to uh, Jose Gonzalez. A woman sitting right in the chair right there was putting his, his resting gear in his bag.
7: like nothing happened. That's the part that messed with my head. So much. It was like nothing happened.
0: If, if you're a policeman and you come into a situation that you think could be staged, they didn't think it was real. Tony knew it was real, so they were actually engaging each other from different perspectives. That's why the disconnect.
4: In professional wrestling, the line between fiction and reality is intentionally blurred. As the night's events continued to unfold, it would be nearly impossible for anyone to tell the difference or to know the truth. While Bruiser Brody was fighting for his life at the hospital, Tony Atlas's eyewitness account of the stabbing was making the rounds. So
7: then that night you wrestled. Carlos Colon, your timing is over. That night I wrestled Aaron Sheik, the night of the murder. I just went and did it. I, I just went in the match. He locked up with me. He said, how's Brody? Uh, the doctor said he's going to be okay. And he said, you fucking wrestling fan? They told me that they dangerous. And I said, Jose Gonzalez did it. Right there. The sheet just straightened right up, just like that. That fucking motherfucking Jose gonzalez vader motherfucker killed the king kong of the brody he rolled right out of the ring and went straight back to his locker room we only wrestled for maybe one or two minutes i go to my room and a guy named fabio vega they call him tnt he said tony i got your bag i went to your room and got your bag for you i said for what he said don't go to your room they are looking for you because you talking so I took my bag, and I went down to the beach, and I walked the beach the whole night. I tried to lay down and get some sleep, but kept waking up every time I hear something. I just put a, kept looking, I'm kept paranoid as
0: hell now. I go back to that hotel, walk to the front desk, and I told the girl, and I said, listen, if Brody gets any calls to his room, please put them through to my room. They said, okay.
6: The phone started ringing about midnight. Kept ringing, 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 but this time it's one o'clock in the morning. I said, oh, I'm gonna answer and give them a piece of my mind. So I picked up the phone and there was this woman and she said, this is Nancy Cologne. Well, Nancy Cologne is Carlos Cologne's wife. I'm calling to let you know there's been an accident and I think you better come to Puerto Rico. So I called the hotel and they put me through to Dutch.
0: She said, who is this? And I said, well, this is this is Dutch. And she said, well, what happened Dutch? And I knew it was pretty serious, but I was saying, well, we, Brody had an accident and it, it's pretty serious.
6: And that maybe you should come to Puerto Rico. He didn't have any details.
0: After I got the call, I I tried to go to sleep I couldn't sleep like I said the adrenaline was flowing about 8 o'clock I get up I go downstairs to the front desk I said can you do me a favor and she said yeah what do you need I said can you call uh, the hospital that my friend Brody is in she said yeah so she calls out there and she's speaking in Spanish and I, I hear luchador I hear wrestler and then she starts crying and I look at her And she said, I'm sorry. Your friend didn't make it. I said, what? She said, no, he he died last night. How
7: did you first learn that Brody had passed? Abdullah told me at the meeting when I slept on the beach the whole night. So now I'm, I'm going back to the hotel. I saw Abdullah and some of the wrestlers in the lobby. And they said, Told it, we having a meeting. And they're waiting on you to tell them what happened. Did you ever have any hotel room meetings? Hotel? Hell no.
1: No. No, sir. No. no. To Abdullah told us that he didn't have a
7: meeting. He lied. Maybe they did, but not me. You understand? He lied to you, if that's what he told you. I'm telling you what happened. I had 5% of the business. You see what I mean?
1: In a way that people did not want to talk to me. What do you mean? Well, if, if you own some of the territory, right, who's going to come and say, oh, this happened, or he, this guy done this, this guy done that? They were in their own little bunch. So why why would they come and talk to me? Brody was a friend, and I didn't want to be in all the the gossip, what they were talking about. Nobody heard me say
7: shit. It's, that's a shame that's a damn shame that he done that Dutch Mantel asked him he was there in the meeting I
0: think we all met in somebody's room and somebody said man are they investigating this or what I mean a man died what's going on here I just started thinking
1: in this territory this happened that's why I left
7: I said, well, I saw it. So I go down, I make my report to the police department. He said, your story is different than everybody else's. He said, we will be contacting you for a court date. He said, now that we got a witness to
0: it, we're going to arrest him. Then they took me and I gave my statement. And then all through the night, they took statements from the from the wrestlers. He did say, he says, you tell Carlos Colon we run this island, not him. I think they asked, did I see a weapon? I did not see a weapon. As a matter of fact, no weapon was ever recovered. That weapon, whatever was used, what knife was used, has never been recovered. I got my bag, I went to the airport,
7: and I left. Then I made arrangements. I said, I gotta go
1: to the airport.
6: Got on the plane with Jeff, get off the plane, waiting to see if anybody was going to pick me up so I looked around and here's Abby
1: I was going and this lady and this little boy walked up and she says oh Abdullah you don't know me but I'm I'm Frank's wife she says how's he doing I said what she said well how's he doing I said they didn't tell you tell me what I says
7: he's gone and she grabbed me she said oh no all you think about is surviving. All I thought about was I saw a man get stabbed to death holding on a Dan with a picture of his son in his hand. He never put that picture down, brother. Would I put him on the ambulance? He had a picture in his hand. He laying on the floor, he's still holding that picture. He go in the operating room, he still he never put that picture down, brother. Never.
4: The irony of Brody's greatest nemesis, delivering this news was only the beginning of the unthinkable events that would follow. Alone with her son in a foreign land and dealing with the shocking circumstances of her husband's death, Barbara Goodish found the strength to make the necessary arrangements.
6: Nancy was Carlos Colon's wife. She took me to the morgue, because of course, everybody is speaking Spanish. They took me to the window, and you could just see all these bodies in there, and then of course, the reality, phew, boom, just really started to sink in.
8: Not sure how long it took before it set in. We were in the hotel room and I remember crying just incessantly for hours, hours and hours, and hours, yelling, screaming. I still didn't realize the magnitude of what had happened, and it probably took, I don't know how long, 10, 15, 20 years maybe.
6: When everything happened, it was like, what do I do? How do I bring him back to the States? And it was like I heard his voice. And it was like he was saying, Barbara, you know what to do. And at that moment, it was I need to cremate him down here and take him home with me. There was a very simple ceremony in Puerto Rico. I mean, nobody was there except me and Jeff and some of the wrestlers and some of the Puerto Ricans. and Jeff, Picked out his dad's casket, It was blue.
5: When did you hear Jose was
0: arrested? Sorry, about three, four days later. From what I hear, he was taken down to a local precinct. Never was put into sale. Bail was made for him immediately by some big businessman there, and he walked back home the same day.
6: And so did you come to learn anything about Jose Gonzalez or any of this stuff? I know that the, uh, I'm not even gonna say his name. I know that the attacker did it. From what I can hear from everybody, the whole court case was a sham. I mean,
8: do you think there was a cover up? No, it was not covered. The only guy that could have covered was Javik and I, and, and we didn't do that. Right. You know, we told the, the
1: judge
7: and the, in the courtroom, we said what, what really, what we saw, we didn't do really, Because I didn't see any stabbing, I didn't see any weapon, I didn't see anything. A guy named Tony Rumble, the Boston Bad Boy, banging on the door, said, Tony, Tony, put your channel, put the TV on certain certain channel. They're talking about the Puerto Rico thing. I flipped the TV on. I see Jose on TV coming out of the courthouse. I said, what, they had to hearing? He said, no, they have a trial. They let him go for self-defense. Said, you got to be kidding me. They never contact me.
0: So you never got contacted?
7: Never. Never did. Never
0: did. Finally, my subpoena came in the mail for my appearance. And I already knew the verdict when, by the time my subpoena arrived at my door. It was 10 days late. That's why the verdict came back, not innocent, but not guilty. And Jose never testified. But they believed what his attorney put out, that he was just merely acting in self-defense. The fans in Puerto Rico believed wrestling was real. That was the major reason that Jose was acquitted, because they believed Brody was this character, this wild-looking psychopath, hulking figure, and his defense was self-defense. Do
8: you believe it was really self-defense? Oh, I don't know, really. I don't
1: know. You know, I respect the, the law. It's so sad. I, I really. You know, I. I wouldn't. I would. Want to talk about this anymore because it makes you sad. One
4: month after Bruiser Brody's passing, All Japan Pro Wrestling hosted a massive tribute show inviting both Barbara and her son Jeff to be honored in front of the 17,000 fans and attendance.
6: The honor that they respected and being in that ring and hearing that 10 bell count and hearing everybody chanting this whole building, chanting his name, Brody, Brody, Brody. And I'm just standing there in the ring with Jeff and it was the most, I mean, just to know how much he was respected.
4: May peace be with you, Bruiser Brody. Bruiser Brody was a brawler, of mythic proportions, and will always live on as such in the world of professional
5: wrestling. I didn't ever guess that I was gonna be a professional wrestler. Once I started in professional wrestling, learned the ropes, if I had it to do over again, I think that I would probably even pass up my three years in the NFL and devote them to wrestling because it's been that good to me.
4: He was one of its biggest stars in the 1970s and 80s and is considered one of the all-time greatest wrestlers in Japanese wrestling history. Where he's still celebrated today as an icon.
8: Yeah, justice would be great. Some personal justice would be more, more, more gratifying than some legal justice, honestly. Mister um, Brody,
7: every dog has his day. Cannot kill a legend. See, legends never die. So if that was Jose. The theme is to kill a legend, he fell miserably.
4: Nobody knows the exact circumstances, including the words, if any, exchanged between Frank Goodish and Jose Gonzalez on the night of Brody's death. It remains one of wrestling's darkest, most intriguing mysteries. Join us next time as we continue to explore
1: the untold stories of professional wrestling. I wish he was here. Yeah. I wish he was here. He dished it out. I dished it out, and we kept going and going and going and going. i up my
3: chest. Knows that Bruiser Brody is the king. Of <laughs> <laughs>
5: From ABC News, I'm Chuck Severson. A third straight week of gains on Wall Street, a week with positive economic news, consumer spending and wage growth slowing, both contributing to cool inflation, interest rates higher, but no recession. ABC News business correspondent Alexis Christoffers.
2: President Biden on the road Friday touting his economic agenda as he visited a textile factory in Auburn, Maine.
5: We've created. Over 13 million new jobs, more than before the pandemic.
2: During his visit, the president signing an executive order. Federal research and development in support of domestic manufacturing in the United States. Which he hopes will further incentivize American businesses to invent it here, make it here. President
5: Biden also announcing a big $345 million military aid package for Taiwan. The U.S. will provide weapons to Taiwan from existing military stockpiles. It'll likely anger China which considers Taiwan a breakaway province. 13 Republican presidential hopefuls share the stage in Des Moines Iowa this evening the annual Republican Lincoln dinner
3: former President Trump running far ahead of Florida Governor Ron DeSantis in polls of GOP voters and has mused that there is no upside for him to debate DeSantis at an
4: Iowa town hall saying Trump should I think everyone should show up uh, you owe it to make the case to the people about why you should be president and at the end of the day nobody's entitled to a nomination nobody's entitled to be elected to any office much less the president and
3: say, so you got to come the Lincoln dinner will be the first time Trump has appeared with most of the GOP presidential hopefuls Dave Packer ABC News
5: More than 150 million Americans were under heat alerts and though what's on the thermometers has made history in many areas it's often not just the heat says this person in New York City
8: the humidity is kind of makes you breathe a little you know it makes you you know kind of not breathe the same way so you know when you walk you get a little more tired
5: a little more exhausted that in New York you're listening to ABC News a Ukrainian lawmaker gets in trouble over vacation plans.
2: Ukrainian President Zelensky applauding a decision to dismiss lawmaker Yuri Aristov from the Ukrainian parliament after Aristov planned a vacation. Zelensky saying, quote, if someone really wants to take a break from working for the state, the state will also take a break from such people, end quote. Aristov is being accused of having planned a vacation with his family to the Maldives in June despite the legal restrictions on travel abroad.
5: ABC's Inez de la Quatera. Ford is recalling more than 870,000 pickup trucks over concerns that the electric parking brakes can turn on unexpectedly. Recall covers some 2021 through 23 model year vehicles with single exhaust systems. Prosecutors in Houston announcing a grand jury decided not to file criminal charges in the 10 deaths at rapper Travis Scott's 2021 Astroworld Festival. An investigation concluded the fatalities were a result of a slow compaction or constriction when thousands of fans crowded around Scott's stage. The big prize tonight's Mega Millions drawing is built up to $940 million. Lead director of the Mega Millions outfit, Gretchen Corbin, explains how that prize got so big.
2: The Mega Millions consortium, as well as the Powerball um, team, really changed the matrix of the jackpots so that they would grow at a faster rate to a larger
5: amount. This is ABC News.
0: If you guys enjoyed that episode, do me a favor. Leave me a five-star rating on Spotify, Apple Podcasts, and Audible. Or however many stars you think I deserve. And until next time, I'll catch your asses down the road.
3: will be But hey, when I keep
2: dreaming, I'll be famous But I don't give a fuck, I keep chasing I I could be special if I get rid of the devils They think that I am a rebel I think they want me to settle There's nobody on my left